gospel reading for this morning is taken from John's gospel beginning in the 14th chapter at the first verse. John wrote these things, Jesus speaking. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get, it, get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you so that you can live where I live. And you already know the road that I'm taking. But Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road. Also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well, and from now on you do know him, you've even seen him. Philip said, Master, show us the Father, and then we'll be content. You've been with me all this time, Philip, and you still don't understand. To see me is to see the Father. So how can you ask, where is the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? His, the words that I speak, I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Believe me, I am in my Father and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. And that's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do and this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Unite us, Lord, in spite of our differences. Help us to run the race, encouraging each other regardless of our position, ever mindful of each person's special place in the kingdom. It seems that you so delight in differences. Why is it so hard for us to see each person's face as a reflection of your glory, freely given to all your sons and daughters? We are reminded today that you see us as one. May our hearts and minds be open and untroubled. Amen. Well, welcome on this Mother's Day on this UMW Sunday. You know, I thought it might be, as I thought about this, a good place to start to let you in on a list of about nine things or so that mothers may or may not say. I think when I shared this with my mother yesterday, she was so nervous that she didn't come. So see how this stacks up against your own experience, number one. How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Move closer, move closer. 
Anybody? Oh, just my mouth. Yeah, well, I used to skip school a lot, too. Just leave all the lights on in the house because it looks so cheery. Come here. Let me smell that shirt. Ah, yeah, it's good for another week. You just go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed him and walk him every single day. Well, if Tommy's mom says it's okay, that's good enough for me. Well, you know, the curfew, it's really, it's just a general time to shoot for it. It's not like I'm running a prison around here or anything. Oh, I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. <laughs> don't bother wearing a jacket. The wind chill is bound to improve. <laughs> now you know why my mother stayed home. <laughs> but you know, someone has to be sure that we all survive childhood, and that responsibility usually falls to mom. And obedience is a part of making a family run smoothly. However, obedience is also a real important part of our own spiritual lives. Jesus also said, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and he will come to them and make our home with them. There is an undeniable link between love and obedience. Now, we can threaten a child to be obedient. We can punish an act of defiance. But the only way I think that our children will really get the values that we want for them will be if that they know that they are connected to us by a bond of love that just can't be broken. So it is, I believe, with our relationship with God. It is important that we obey God's commands. Let's just start there. Obey God's commands. It sounds so blasted obvious, but I really think it's a lost teaching in our culture. We are a permissive culture, a do-your-own-thing culture. The lines between right and wrong, we've blurred just about every one. We sometimes make our own morality as we go along, and People who say that they believe in God's commandments seem to have a really tough time applying them to their everyday lives. Some folks just have a really difficult time with obedience. Now Christ left his followers. He did have some expectations that he wanted them, and by extension us, I believe, to meet. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." In much the same way that a family can't function without some measure of discipline, we have a hard time serving Christ unless we exercise some discipline over our spiritual lives. We are to obey Christ's commands. So we are to love our neighbor. We are to keep the Ten Commandments. We are to help the poor. We are to welcome the stranger. We are to forgive those who wrong us, pray for those who insult us, 
Just because we are saved by grace does not mean that there are not instructions for how we are to live. We are to obey God. So as Jesus is trying to prepare his followers for life without him, they wondered how they were to carry on in his absence. How can they be sure of their future without their leader? How can they be certain they will be able to follow him either in life or after life in death? And in response to this fear, Jesus talks about the unity that he enjoys with God. It's really first hinted at in the phrase, in my father's house. In the culture of the time, the term father's house just meant family. And it suggests really a double meaning in this passage, I think. Not only does Jesus go to make room for his followers in his heavenly home to which he is going, but he also promises to make a place for them in the very family of God. The unity that Jesus enjoys with God, he makes available to all of his disciples and to all believers as well. By making a place for them in God's house, Jesus reveals the disciples' adoption into God's own family and all the direct access that goes right along with that. He goes on to explain that he was able to do what he was able to do because he and God are so strongly related. As any human parent and child share a relationship, he's the true son. So he also promises the disciples that they can wield the same authority, do the same actions, and even greater acts if they will only believe that they too share this family bond with God through Christ. He seems to be saying that the only way to be truly with them was if he went away from them. And Henry Drummond stated it this way, and I quote, I think this is great. Suppose he had not gone away. Suppose he were here now. Suppose he were still in the Holy Land at Jerusalem. Every ship that started for the east would be crowded with Christian pilgrims. Every train flying through Europe would be crammed with people going to see Jesus. Every mailbag would be full of letters from those in difficulty and trial. But let's just suppose for a minute that you're on one of those ships. The port, when you arrive after the long journey, it's blocked with vessels of every flag. But with much difficulty, you land and you join one of the long trains heading for Jerusalem. And far as the eye can reach, the caravans, they move over the desert in an endless stream. And as you approach the holy city, you see a dark, seething mass stretching for leagues and leagues and leagues between you and its glittering spires. You have come to see Jesus, but you'll never get close enough to see him. End quote. Why? Because you're crowded out. And Jesus decided this should never, ever be. It was necessary that he go away so that the Spirit would come and make God known in the heart of every believer and that spirit is available to all who would receive it. So do not be desolate. I will come to you. How? In love, truth, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So I think that it's very appropriate on this special day that we compare God's love to that of a mother who loves her child. 
Young people, you know that when your mom gives you a rule to follow, even one as easy as don't sit too close to the TV, or be sure to put a jacket on, or be in by midnight, you know deep down in your heart that she's doing it out of love. You are at the center of her world, and she wants you to be safe. She wants you to be happy. And she knows that this can be a dangerous place. She's not being mean. And yes, moms are human. They make mistakes. But 99% of the time, they make those mistakes in love. They really want for your well-being. And God desires that her children shall all live healthy, fulfilling lives. So God also gives us instruction on how to live our lives. And over time, these instructions, folks, they lead to abundant life. God doesn't make mistakes. And God's love, it never ends. For if anyone truly loves me, they will obey my teaching. God will love them. And we will come and make our home with them. May it be so. Happy Mother's Day. Amen.